Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at TeachHoops.com. For coaches who want to get better. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged, brought to you by the great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, more resources and videos and handouts and practice plans and one-on-one calls and office hours and a community of like-minded coaches. Any, everything you would ever want for to become a better basketball coach is over there. It's a 14-day free trial. Go over and check it out. I can't imagine a better place to go right now with the season right around the corner um go check it out i don't think you'll be disappointed i'm i'm gonna we're gonna you're gonna really enjoy today's podcast with gene um two pretty like-minded coaches one from the midwest and one from from the south uh i guess we would call georgia the south um and how we how we've run our pretty successful high school programs and there's some great golden nuggets make sure you listen to all of it um i think you'll really really enjoy that um, and then the last thing before you go and listen to the podcast, if you could go down, hit pause for a second, subscribe and leave a review. Those five star reviews on iTunes mean a lot to us um, at Coach Unplugged. They allow us to keep bringing this to you. So go over and check that out. Um, if you could do that for us, we would really appreciate it. Um, and let's get off to the podcast. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. I'm super excited. I'm, I'm uh, bringing my, my bride. 20 years down to Atlanta to speak at the Legends Clinic in September. So I'm super excited about that. Um, but I'm also excited to talk to Gene today about basketball. So I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have him introduce himself. And then uh, we'll, talk, we'll, talk, we'll talk about his basketball journey and then we'll, we'll talk hoops. So welcome, Coach, to Coach Unplugged. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your basketball journey. Listen, it's a pleasure to be on, Steve. I really appreciate this opportunity. Uh, been a head coach for 30 years, came uh-huh. straight out of college and thought that I uh, knew it all. And, and uh, believe me, I got blindsided by how much I didn't know. I started out in a small private school, Thomasville, where I coached boys varsity, girls varsity, both JVs, no assistants. <laughs> and so uh, I got, I did everything from 
redo the floors, to run the concession stand, doing everything. And it was, you know, at that time, being a young coach, you know, it, it really was just a, a blessing in disguise because I learned so much. Stayed there for three years. Uh, like I said, learned many, many, many lessons. And then I had the opportunity to go to North Georgia. A friend of mine, uh, we talked, and they was a neighbor girls coach. And uh, went to North Georgia to a school called Dade County. Not to be confused with Dade County, Florida, because whenever I tell everybody I coach to Dade County, they think it's down in, in Florida, but it's not. It's still near Chattanooga, Tennessee, in the northwest corner of Georgia. Okay. Stayed, stayed there for 14 years, Stephen. And let me tell you, blessed to have a bunch of good old, just hardworking mountain girls that believed in what we did. And, uh, I mean, the first year there, uh, we ended up winning the region title and, and going to state and never had a winning season before. So, man, let me tell you, I could have ran for mayor there for a while. And, and it was just a great experience uh, there. Uh, me and my wife I settled down and we brought our, old, our newborn son at that time there and ended up having uh, three other kids. And so we raised all four of our kids during that 14 year span. The Dade County just had a tremendous run there with some great young ladies. Uh, and, and this was a double A school, only about 700 kids. And we ended up probably sending out 25 kids to play on at college basketball. Even had a McDonald's All American wow. come out of there. Yeah. Uh, so you know you, you're very fortunate to have a kid of that caliber. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I I tell people there's two types of coaches. Coach, there's coaches with players and there's ex coaches. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a good statement. I always tell them is I start when I talk to clinics. I say you know what, two things that go real well together. And I said that's coach of the year and player of the year because yeah. I guarantee you those players a lot of times make you look like you know what you're doing. But do. I had a great. I had a great situation there. Now, uh, from there, kind of the little, little background of how I ended up at Buford was uh, I started looking really the, – the, the school that day was wonderful, but it really didn't have great opportunities for my boys. And my boys were getting to the situation where they were serious about sports and everything else. And so right. I started looking all across the southeast and trying to find the best place that I could go to give my kids – the best opportunity that I could have academic-wise, athletic-wise, you know, total package. Right. And God God blessed me, opened the door at Buford High School, which uh, Buford's right outside, outside of Atlanta. And uh, Buford has a unbelievable winning tradition. And, and a friend of mine was coaching there. And I was going to even go try to be his assistant coach. But then all of a sudden the girls' job popped open. Everything fell in line. Uh, been there. This is my 14th year there. And uh, we've had a great run here and uh, had a lot of success and a lot of, a lot of, we had to redo the program and had some ups and downs, but have, have really uh, built a, a really good program here, built on the right things and the core values and all. And very, very proud of, of what we've been able to do here. It's uh, it going, I want to unpack a couple of things. First of all, I very similar experience. I, I'm coming up. This is 31 for me, I think, but uh I think all, especially for the young coaches that are listening, you can read all the books you want. You can watch all the videos you want. You can do it until you've actually been thrown into the fire. You, you, you think you know it, but you, you really don't. Um, oh, boy. You're, you're, Steve, you're so right. And there's no, I tell people all the time, uh, there's no substitute for experience. And no. especially, like I said, when I, when I got into it, Man, it was such a blessing that I went to that smaller private school starting out because, like I said, I had to do everything there. And, and yep. so now everybody's kind of amazed. And 
and all that, you know, it don't matter whether it's wrapping an ankle, dropping a bus, doing whatever. Right. I've been able to do it. That's been a big, 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 big plus in my coaching career. So. Yeah. And I don't think people realize too that, you know, I'm sweeping the, I'm a high school coach. I've been 30 years. We've won three state titles. I've coached NBA. I'm still sweeping the floor. You know, that's what we do. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> that's what high school coaches do. We're in, we're there every day, you know. Trust me, everybody in that school knows my name. All the janitors know my name. I was in there this morning with my son. So it's like, that's our lives. That's where we live, basically, you know. That's that's one of the things, you know, everybody talks about, you know, the kids nowadays and the changes and all that. I'm more worried about the coaches than I am the kids yeah. because, you know, I see a lot of younger coaches come out. Like you said, I'm out there sweeping the board. Right. They're like, now why are you doing it? Right. And I'm like, you know, it's what I'm supposed to do. It's, right. it's about excellence. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's just something, like I said, that really worries me now in the co- in the coaching environment is we talk about entitled kids. Right. Man, I see so many entitled coaches now. Yeah. They don't have any idea. You know, it's like that thing about my first three years. I didn't even know how much I was getting paid, man. I just knew, guess what? I was, I was doing something I loved to do and, man, had right. a passion for. And, man, yeah. I had the best job in the world. Yep, that's something I teach my kids too. My, you know, the kids that live in my house with me, it's like find something that you, that that you love to do, and find something that loves you back, and you'll never work a day in your life. Um, you, you know, <laughs> you might love playing the piano, but it might not love you back. So you got to find something that loves you but loves you back, and you'll do it. You know, coaching and and teaching has been one of those things for me. Um, on a side note, we you know we love we go to Sanibel Island a lot in Southern Florida. And we drive through Atlanta. Atlanta has the worst traffic in the entire world. I'm telling you. Brother, let me tell you what. So everybody, when I moved to Atlanta, I'm just old country boy. And they was like, well, how are you going to survive? And I said, listen, Buford's on the outskirts of Atlanta. So, right. yes, we've got our own little sub, you know, we got a little sub city out here. And right. So we don't have to go into the, the uh, traffic and everything else. But I couldn't do it. We were, uh, we were on vacation a little bit last week. We came back to Atlanta and we see it's all cars, you know. Sitting there, and I said, I told my wife, I said, listen, there's no way I could do this every day. I said, I'd, I'd have to find some, something else I'd have to do. So, like I said, right. it's a blessed bit to do, but you're right about Atlanta traffic bubble, but I don't get in it that much. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. All right, so let's talk some X's and O's. Um, uh, uh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. What, if you could only do three things at practice, what would those three things be and why? Okay, now the, it's, when you're asking that, that would be kind of I don't know about specifics of what what I would believe. What what I believe is three things you got to do to win a state championship. I truly okay. believe in these three things. Okay, you got to and, and what's going to be so funny is one of them we 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 don't we I concentrate all three, but I'm base our program on something else too. So, but anyway, I think you got to be a great rebounding team. I think that that. Everybody talks about defense and all that, but, man, let me yep. tell you what. To win win championships, you've got to control the boards. And so, you know, rebounding is the first one. Second one is, is half-court defense. Man, you got to have something that you hang your hat on. Yep. And it's got to be one of your bases, and you got to be able to play half-court defense. And then one that's overlooked a lot, I think, is half-court execution. So, you know, those three things. Say that again, also, Coach. You broke up on – you broke – you were a little away from your mic on that one. Say the third one again. So, so it's half-court execution. Okay. And so, and so I believe, you know, a lot of people, I had to learn that the hard way. Now, when you look at our, at our program, we are a pressing team. I mean, we press, we're one of the only girls teams around that press made and miss shot. I mean, we're going to press you from the time you get off the bus and I believe in it, but <laughs> the, the pressing is not 
going to win your state championship when you get deep into the state. No, uh, you got you got to. And people don't believe that, and they don't have another backup plan. Yep. Uh, Preston is, gonna, like I said, it's going to be help you with transition, help you with a lot of stuff. But those three things right there is what what you got to hang your hat on. There's yeah. no doubt about it. So. So yeah, I going think, back I think to you got to learn that. I think you, excuse me. I think you got to learn that the hard way. Cause I had some teams that no lie had like three or four division one guys, NBA guys, professional guys. I thought I could press all the time. And, and it's like, then you run across that one team that's just going to come down and grind you. And if you don't out execute them, they're going to beat you. And you're not, you're right. You're going to win a lot of games doing that style. But you, I love that your third one is you have to be able to execute in the half court. I think a lot of young coaches don't see that. Um, and you got to experience. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I tell you, I, I don't think it's going to be a good idea to put us on the same uh, podcast because we're, I think we're already thinking way too much alike. And so uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. Because uh, I see it. At Dade, where I was there, man, we pressed so hard and our kids played so hard. But what we didn't learn to do was this, was – we didn't learn to execute in the half court because we wanted to steal it or we wanted to get something easy in transition. So later on when you got in a state where people could handle you a lot better, yep. then you yep. didn't know how to execute and get the shots you needed to by grinding. And right. we played for three, three state championships there. Right. And I guarantee you if I had learned that lesson younger, we would have won at least three of them, <laughs> maybe know. played for more. You and I so sound like a It's bunch a hard, of hard lesson. If you and I sound like a bunch of old farts. My my best team, my best team had Wesley Matthews, who plays for the Mavericks right now. But my best team was 04, which was my first year that we went to the state tournament. We were undefeated. It was a great team. I ended up having three Wisconsin Mr. Basketballs on the team. And we lost because we couldn't execute. It, it, it's like I had to be – you had to be punched. And I think the problem with that, for the people that are listening, especially the young coaches, like I said, you're going to win 95% of the games if you're the better team, if you're pressing and, and picking up tempo. The problem is your boys or girls, have they, they need to kind of be punched. And if they haven't been punched during the season and they haven't experienced that team that just comes out and executes, they're not ready for it on the biggest stage, which is like the state tournament. Um, and that's part of it, too, is I don't think they're used to it. It's like they're just blowing people out. They're winning by 10 or 15. They're pressing people. They're getting easy layups. And then all of a sudden they get punched. They're high school kids still, too. You know, they don't know how to react to that. Yeah, and I think there's two things you got to do. One thing that we've done, you know, definitely at Buford is we go out and schedule the best people. I could care less now where our pro, and I think that programs have different levels now. I don't think everybody can do this. You got to get to a level. But right now, we don't care if we go out and get beat. And I don't, I don't mean it like don't care about losing. What I mean is I'm never going to find out what we're weak at unless I can play the best people and they can expose our weaknesses. So I don't care about the records. I care about playing the best people and how we compete against those teams and all. Because like you said, to get prepared for the, for the championships, you have to be hitting the mouth and you got to be, see how you're going to respond. And uh, you know, it's so funny. You said I had a great team back at Dade County that we would just be beating people 30 to four in the the first quarter. And you know what, what you do is you try not to rub it in on nobody. So what do you do? You the second half, you pull your kids, you do this, you do that. Well, then when you get to the end, all of a sudden your kids can't play 32 minutes like that. You end up all of a sudden you can't do it. They're not ready. So it's a lot of pitfalls. I tell you the other one, Steve, that really, that I've had to work with the last two years with my team is this. 
is three-point shooting because we've had some great shooters yep. uh, in our pro the last three or four years. Well, they think I'm crazy a lot of times because I love to shoot the ball, but also every day I'm talking to them about you better be able to grind. Because there's right. going to be nights those shots won't go down. Right. And what are you going to do those nights? Right. And how do you react to it? And the thing is, like, there's a couple things that, I, that I've learned from, from, especially for the people listening. And it's going to sound crazy. We schedule, we schedule a national schedule, too. We've spent the, we're not going to Florida this year, but we've spent the last six years in Florida, played in the Kingdom of Suns, we've gone to Myrtle Beach and Beach Ball. We played in some of the top tournaments in the country. Um, but we do that, again, I – similar I don't care what those not I don't really care that whatever happens in those because I'm gonna learn what I've learned is with age too is I don't I I don't really it doesn't bother me when I get the bad official during the season now don't get me wrong I'll let them know that they're horrible but it teaches us that adversity of you know all of a sudden you're on the bench because you're in foul trouble I'm all of a sudden having to play more kids we're kind of struggling well then because it's a teachable moment that, at that point to the kids, I think. It's like, you know, you're sitting here because you've got three fouls and we're, we're, you know, two minutes into the second half. That's why you're sitting. And then the next kid gets their opportunity. And you can find some hidden gems that way, too, I think. Well, think about what's all over the media now, social media and everything else. Just kids can't handle adversity. Kids can't do this. And kids are not tough. If I, if I, if I talk to so many of the high school coaches around here and college coaches – their main complaint is the kids just not tough. Well, guess what? You got to put them in tough situations. Yeah, you got to put them in yep. adverse situations yep. if you want to do that. You know, everybody talk about mental toughness and all they want, but until kids are put into those situations, you're not gonna really find out what they're made out of. And that's what you know. It's like you're saying, you've got to go be put in those type situations before you can really develop a heart of a champion in a program or in a team. And so, right. you know, like I said, we're we're uh, we're definitely preaching the same message to the choir. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like, and I, and this is a big one. I don't know if it's as big for you, but I have to. I, you have to teach the kids what you mean by mental, what what you mean by being tough, and you also have to teach them about. This is my big one. The last three or four years has been teaching them how to properly communicate um, on the court because I tell them to talk, but they don't necessarily know what to say and how to say it. So we're act, we actually have lessons like here's how you need to communicate. You know, you need to give a direction what you want. You have to give the kid's name. All of those things are so important now, um, you know, moving forward. And I, I don't know if as coaches we do that. You know, all these guys are saying they're not tough. Well, okay, how do we make them tough? Because kids haven't changed. Parents maybe have changed a little bit. But kids haven't really changed in 30 years. They're kids. They're, you know, they're, they're going to take the easy way out. Well, listen, this so like I said, this is kind of crazy because we're kind of on the same page, but we have worked so hard in communication. It's unbelievable the last three or four years because I get, I get some mad all the time because let me tell you what, I tell them all the time, if you can text your, uh, your help side defense over there and tell them what to do, we'll all be in good shape. Right. By gosh, they can't, they can't put a cell phone down, but can't open their mouth. But right. I tell you what we did too is there's a great coach. You need to get him on your, on your podcast okay. sometime up in Georgia. At Emmanuel College, uh, called T.J. Rosine. He's oh, really I know T.J. He's a PGC guy. Of course, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, and let me tell you what. He's a good friend, and we spend a lot of time. But he, let me tell you, we didn't even go up there and spend time with him because he has some really great communication drills and different things he does. He even makes his kids when they uh, when they're on the road, if they go into a restaurant, 
Uh, they go into McDonald's, they got to step up and they got to look at the person, call out the person's name, tell them directly, specifically what yep. they want, thank yep. them and everything else. Just does an unbelievable job with stuff like that. And we even took, uh, we take every Wednesday, 10, 10 weeks out from our season. Every Wednesday, we would break down 30 minutes of leadership. One of my sister coaches would do that. And then 30 minutes of, of a communication skills. And then we take 30 minutes of breaking down film because now, Film's so accessible to kids with crossover and huddle and all that. Right. But a lot of them don't know how to break it down. They just no. watch it, you know, and, and so they don't know how to do those things. So communication is one of our big things. And, you know, we talk about it being the glue to defense and everything else. But I'm telling you, uh, there's nothing more frustrating nowadays than dealing with kids and, and trying to get them to communicate with each other. Right. And I've done that, too. I've done that. what the TJ thing does. It's like for any of the coaches that are listening, if you take your teams out to restaurants or something, Make them use the waiter or waitress's first name every time. It's like, you know, let's say the waiter's name is John. You know, John, I could use some ketchup, please. John, um, we're ready for the bill. John, we're bo- – and it will just – you know, using that name, it's like that's such a PGC thing, but the, everyone's name is like – is that special little thing. Your name is special to you, and you'll always hear it across the room or wherever. Um, but, yeah, TJ's awesome. I'm, I mean, he – I was going to have my last spring. Some things fell through, but you know, I'm a big P I'm a big PGC guy. I think they do things really the right way. Um, they really yeah. And there's not many to me in my opinion, which sometimes my opinion is kind of, right. kind of real opinionated, but uh, th- there's not many guys like that left that do it the right way. And Sam Allen and, and TJ and all them PGC guys, they do a great job. We've got a great relationship with all of them up here in Atlanta and, have nothing but respect for what they do and how they teach the game of basketball because there's a lot of coaches out there now, but there's just not a lot of teachers anymore that really want to get down and break it down and make kids do the right things and do it the right way. So, like right. I said, I, I hate to say I'm old dinosaur, man. Like I tell everybody all the time, I guess dinosaurs go extinct. So, <laughs> it'll be, at some point, be the best you know, yeah, you know, but the, the, I'm a math teacher too. It's like the way they've been teaching math for 2,000 years has worked as long as you're willing to put the time in. It, it can work. Um, tell me a little bit about your coaching philosophy. Like if you had to summarize your coaching philosophy. Well, I think that what we're going to try to do is put three types of pressure on you. And uh, because I feel like that pressure will eventually wear you down mentally or physically. Right. So the first type of pressure that we're going to try to put on you is, is definitely we're going to press you. And we're going to – now what's kind of crazy about our philosophy here is this, is we will get out there and see we don't – when I was up at, at Dade, I didn't have a lot of athletes. So I really had to work with skilled basketball players and make players and all. So like with our pressing system, we run a lot more containment press than what we do with pressurized press because I think people get used to that type of pressure. So number one, like I said, we, we, our, our base that we run is a one-two-two containment that we contain is really a disguised half-court trap. Right. So we put pressure on you in the full court. But then what's kind of crazy is when we get to the half-court, we run a sagging man-to-man defense. I know everybody calls it pack line now and all that stuff. You know, right. I was running this 25 years ago. Boys coach taught it to me and love it. Yep. But so we, we're going to protect that. We're going to protect the paint with everything that we do. So that's the first type of pressure is we're going to get you and we're going to try to wear you down in the full court and everything else. Now the second type of pressure is we're going to try to really put pressure on you in offensive transition. So this is the other way. We're going to try to score on you really, really quick and make you get back and get do those things. But then is the other thing is after we don't if we don't get an opportunity now we're gonna to try to put you in half court and grind you we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work until we get what we want in half court 
you know, we don't have a shot clock still in high school. So, and like I said, we're going we gonna to try to execute you. And like I said, that goes back to half-court execution we talked about. And then the other th- third type of pressure we're going to try to do is we're going to try to really get on the offensive boards. So, you know, you just see nobody, like I said, and it ties into what we talked about winning a state championship because we talked about, number one, rebounding. Number two, half-court defense. Number three, coming back and being able to, to execute on the half-court offense. Right. So the pressures that we're putting is also kind of pressurizing is going back into those type things. So, you know, when shot goes up, we're making sure our weak side wings and everything else is crashing the boards, and we're trying to put pressure on you that way. I just feel like that most teams, especially in women's basketball, are not going to be able to handle if you're great at two of those, much less being great at three of those. Right. So, uh, you know, like I said, we, we my philosophy's had to change a little bit because, like I said, 15, 20 years ago, I was all about full court all the time. Yep. Now it's more about full court, but now when you get to the area that you have to go half court, man, you got to be precise. You got to right. be like a knife. You yep. got to get in there slot. And I've noticed over time that really high school kids don't adjust real well either. You know, as you as you no. change things, they just don't they don't just adjust to you know. All of a sudden, if you did something a little bit different, um, you know, yeah, that would cause some problems. I think. Um, what uh. Can you think of one coaching moment that you could dive into? Something that in your in your thirty years that a young coach would take could take something away from? I tell you, I think that we've already touched on it a lot, Stephen. And I I think this is so big is that you you've got to be able to grind to win championships, and I think you've got to be able to grind both in the half court. And in when you have court offense and have court defense, I think those are so important. And I think kids now, they live in such a world of instant gratification that grinding is something that's foreign to them. Right. And so I think that that's a big one is like we talked about, we're going to try to, we're going to try to press you and everything else. But when we get back in half court, man, you're going to have to grind to get good shots against us. Right. Then we're going to try to press. We're going to put pressure on you in the full court. We get it out. We're going to try to rip, roar, get something easy in transition. Right. But then if we don't, being able to switch it up. Um, yes. So, you know, I think the grinding is big. i tell you the other thing I think that I, I probably – I think I may have the opportunity to speak at uh, Point Guard College again this coming up year. But I want to talk about this. I think this has really helped me is finding what your program is based on. Because here's what here's what I've kind of come to now is this is the foundations of our program is built on four things, and 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 these four things are what we're going to be great at. We're not going to be good at. This is where we're going to put all our emphasis into it, right. all our drill work to it. And the four things is this is number one is going to be our our sagging man to man defense. I mean we're yep. going to put so much because like we said that's one of the things. The other one is going to be our one two two press. Now, we, like I said, we're going to do some other variations, but this is what we're going to be great at. This right. is going to be the your one. Foundation. Gonna, this is the foundation this of the house, yes. This, this is it. Yeah. The other foundation that, we, that we've that we kind of – and this is kind of really weird is this, is uh, we run the dribble drive now. And as a as a coach, as a uh, – what I say, an old-school coach, I hate the dribble drive because it's nothing about but about one-on-one basketball and breaking people down. Right. But now we love we love it because most high school defenses, if you can turn it and do what you need to do, you're going to get something good off of it. 
Right. So, so right. our other foundation is we do all our shooting drills. We do all, all our work and everything off the dribble drives. That's our third foundation. And then the fourth foundation is, was kind of a unicorn for us that we I've been looking for it in my coaching career for a long time is what do you do against the zone? Because so many, so many people run sets against zone or they run this, they run that. We've kind of started this about three years ago, and it's been really good to us. Is we have zone principles. We we run a one out of a one three one set, but we teach our high post and our low post how to play off of each other and how they read each other and what's going to happen here and the ball goes there mm-hmm. because we haven't we last two or three years we hadn't had a lot of big just wilding around post players, so we had to be a little bit quicker and everything else. So right. we play we teach them to score off the short corner. We teach them how to score off the high post and how to attack. Off hey, coach, post. I hope you're enjoying this. A um, couple things. Make sure you go over and subscribe and like. Leave a review down below. We sure love those a lot. Uh, those help us out as much as anything. Go over in iTunes and we like those five-star reviews as much as, as anything. So if you could do that for us, that would be awesome. Um, also, if you're looking for some other free resources, uh, go over and check us out on, on uh, YouTube at Teach Hoops. Uh, I haven't talked about that a lot on the podcast, but go over and check that out. And then if you're looking to take your coaching to that next level, looking to go from, you know, um, middle of the run to the to the conference championship, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial, um, resources, videos, community, one-on-one calls, office hours, you name it, we've got it. And if we don't, we'll, we'll make sure we get it for you. So go over and check that out uh, at teachhoops.com. Um, yeah, let's get back to the podcast. Uh, we're playing basketball, but yeah. our spacing is great. Our yeah. timing is great. They know where everybody's at. And I'm going to tell you now, we see all these foundations, these four foundations, we're going to be able to adjust and do different things off of it. Right. But, man, that's what we work on. Like in the summertime, I put in – when we go play in scrimmage and all, I put in no plays. I, I don't want to run sets and all that stuff because I know that's that's more what I can do. Right. I put them in only the foundations and see what they can do. And it's right. been really, really big for us because now that's what we build everything in our program off of, even down to our middle school. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's the, the zone thing is similar to we run, read, and react, which is similar. We, we have some dribble-drive principles, but it's really about spacing. Most offenses are about spacing, movement and spacing. Yeah, and if you can teach them to do those because they stand. They don't move. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the problem. And, and especially if you get a great player. Like I've been I've right. had a couple of great players and guess what? Sometimes they want to sit there and watch the great player play and make plays for them. No, you can't do that. It's five person. Pretty soon that great player ain't gonna have a great game or something's gonna go wrong or she's yep. gonna twist her ankle and she's out. Okay, now what we do. Right. So, you know, we we like I said, spacing is so huge and just teaching kids, especially with girls, because a lot of times girls just don't you know, they want to run A to B to C, and what happens if B to C breaks down? Well, they ain't got a clue. Right. So we've been able to teach kids how to play basketball and been real, real successful with doing that. What, um, what, would, you, what would you tell a young coach that wanted to get into coaching other than to see a psychiatrist? <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, you know, what's really – Steve, what's really great right now, one of the best things that's happening in my life is I was blessed, like I said, with four children, and uh, – I had a set of twins that, matter of fact, one of them got married in the last year. But one of them's a boy, and he has loved basketball and had a passion for basketball ever since he uh, was able to walk and has been with me in the gym, just a gym rat and everything else. Well, he's always wanted to coach. Well, guess what? Three years ago, 
Uh, we put him as a community coach. He's in college. He's been helping me for three years on four years now. And so I'm have the uh, I have the privilege right now of coaching with my son. That's and awesome. so I'm trying to I'm trying to teach him everything I can. So when I get when this dinosaur goes extinct and ride off in the sunset, I want him right there to do things better than me. Right. And uh, so you know I'm I tell you one thing I'm always talking to him about is building the right types of relationships with players because. I coach kids hard. I mean, if you come to one of my practices, you probably can go out and say, y'all need to get him a straight jacket and put this right. guy in. He, he's, he's crazy. Right. But what I've learned is this, is you cannot coach kids hard unless you have a relationship with them, unless they truly know that you care about them outside of basketball, you love them, you, you really right. have a great relationship with them. And so I'm always talking to him about, okay, how you got to try to build trust and you got to try to build these relationships and everything else. So, uh, you know, and, and he, he does a good job with that, but you also got to be careful with being a male in a female world of coaching of right. how you do those relationships. Right. So it's, it's kind of a, a, a way that you have to really work with the kids and do that. But that's something I'm expressed to him every day, even relationships with parents, how, you can defuse situations before they ever stop start because you know it's another change that's happened i got into coaching my first thing i ain't dealing with parents i ain't dealing with parents oh let me tell you what you're gonna deal with parents no matter whether you believe it or not you know how you deal with them is left up to you but you're gonna deal with right so uh you know and my theory has always been my theory has been always over communicate rather than under communicate with parents absolutely brother i tell you i said i send out an email every week every week i got a list of my parents and everything else of all the week's activities, everything's going on, everything's happening. Right. Like you said, to over communicate with them. Right. Cause that's, you're going to, and we've all, we've coached, we, you and I have both coached long enough that we've had the crazies and you can't be rational with an irrational person, but most people are relatively rational. And if they know what's going on, they might not be happy, but at least they know what's going on. Um, and then you get every once in a while, you get the, you know, the crazy, but you know, we, you and I are old enough. That we yeah. Well, we've all had those crazies, but, yeah. and I tell you, we always had to deal with them in stories within themselves. But, yes, you know, yes. I tell my kids, I tell my parents all the time, you know, I, I'm very, very open with, with being able to talk with parents as long as they want to talk about the right subjects and everything else. But, you know, one thing I tell them, I says, you know, if I, if you come in here and you have uh, some concerns about your kid or something like that, and I can't really give you a reason why, right? then I better reevaluate what I'm doing. Right. So, you know, that's what I talked to him about is, you know, my son is, you know, all these decisions have consequences and you got to understand of how, you know, you're dealing with somebody's child, you know, because your view, I don't know if you, how many kids you've had, if you've had children or whatever, see, but, you know, with four kids, I, I raised four totally different kids from oh, yeah. athletic ability all the way to, to right. uh, commit yes. to, to well, I, I mean, everything. Everything. And, you know, when you, when you raise your own kids now, let me tell you, you realize a lot of things that you didn't realize as a younger coach. Right. And so it's, it's a learning experience, too, all the way around. It is. It is. Yeah. Oh, my, my son loves, loves sports, but he's a great student, and he, probably the school he's going to pick is going to be based more in academics. And my daughter would rather – I mean, if she never saw another ball the rest of her life, it would be fine. She'd rather go be at a musical, which is great. It's like that, that's what you got to learn as a parent. They're all different. You can't believe they come from the same gene pool, but they're all different, you know. Um, he was 
Steve, you're talking about lessons. I tell you, probably one of the hardest lessons I had to learn because I was one of these kids, man. That that basketball just meant everything to me. I mean, it was my world. Right. It was it was everything growing up. But probably the hardest lesson I had to learn as a coach, and you said you want to tell you know something to younger right. coaches. This is probably one of the better things is I had to learn that all the kids didn't love it like I loved. Right. And that, that, that in your program, you have got to have a program based on or a program that can provide for a kid that absolutely has the highest level of commitment down to a kid who just wants to be a part of your program because it's something special. Right. And so you've got to be able to be able to do and, and recognize all those things and be able to supply uh, what you're really trying to do with your program to all kids. Right. And so that hardest things to me was, like I said, I had to learn, you know, everybody didn't love basketball like Gene Durden loved it. Right. You know, yes. I got to find it somebody to other kids. Right. And it, I, and I learned that in the classroom faster than I learned on the basketball court, I think, too. It's like, I love math. I'm a stats teacher. I love mathematics. It makes sense to me. But And I'll get kids in there that they love math more than I love it. And then you get kids in there that are literally the only reason they're in there is because they have to be. You know, and you gotta you got to reach each of those kids where they are. Um, so I think that's a great teaching thing. Um, all right. Another, if you could meet one coach living or living or dead and talk to him for one hour, what, who, who would you talk to and why? Oh, great question. I I think it would have to be John Wooden. You know, I just, I just think it would have to be him because of people don't realize that Wooden, he went through a lot of struggles and all before he had all the success that he had. Right. And, uh, you know, he's just so, has so much wisdom and so much, um, you know, he just did things the right way and everything else. I, I think it would have to be John Wooden. Okay. Um, do you have any superstitions? None. I've got assistant coach. Man, I'm lucky. I'll tell you what I'm lucky about is i got the greatest staff in the world. i got mm-hmm. five coaches with that are all committed and everything else. But one of my assistant coaches, he's been a men's college coach and everything else all the way down. But, that rascal is so superstitious. I make fun of him all the time. It is hilarious how he is. And me, I'm just, you know, I don't care. He's like, he's like all right, we got to do this. I'm like, you go do whatever you need to do, man. I'm fine. I'm, I'm going to take care of it this way. So I'm not superstitious at all. I think it's really important, too, just as a side note, and I've said this before, picking your staff is so important. It's like picking your spouse. I mean, oh. if you don't have a good staff, like I have the best staff ever. Like I literally have the best staff ever. I don't, I don't even do half the stuff I used to do anymore. Cause I, I delegate it. You know, the reason I can do a podcast is cause I'm not doing the stuff that, you know, I used to do because uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to meet other coaches and, and broaden my horizons that way. But you got to find a good staff. If you have a bad staff, you're not going to last very long in this profession. I don't think. Listen, you just hit a point, Steve, and I'm telling you, people don't realize that you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. And it's like one of my coaches has been with me for 12 years. She's a female. When she first came on board, she didn't know anything about basketball. But let me tell you what she was about. She was about accountability with kids as far as making them act like, you know, doing the right things as women. Okay, well, I'm a guy. I can't teach them the right thing about being a woman. Right. She can't. And she holds – and let me tell you what, now she's turned into a great coach. But, man, she was so valuable to me in that area. And she's been with me 12 years. I've had another coach been with me for 12 years. I've got another – my son, is like I said, grew up in my house. He knows. We just hired a young lady out of, out of college that, that 
she left the high school program in Idaho. That they were competing for state championships to come down here and work with us. So, like I said, I'm just so blessed, man, to have great people. And you just hit something that I hope young coaches will learn is to start collecting. And you can't get them all at once. That's what people don't realize. These people have come on my staff in the last 14 yeah. years. Yeah. You know, you got you got to build a staff like you build a program. Yep. And uh, everybody, that's what we talk about. Everybody wants it to happen immediately, man. And it ain't going to happen immediately, but nope. surround yourself with those people and keep building. And, man, that's so important. It is. It is. And it's like, you're, you're right. And, and you, you have to, you have to do a couple things. First of all, when I was young, I didn't trust anybody to do anything. Like I had to do it. It's like, as you get older and a little wiser, it's like, I, I, once I trust you, I'm going to delegate, I'm going to allow you to do things. Cause I know you're going to put the time in and you're going to do the right thing. And, um, but it's hard. It's hard to find people that want to do that nowadays to be honest with you to be an assistant coach at a high school level there's no glory in that they're doing that for love of the game <laughs> um, no and, I, and how you treat those people are yes. huge because it's like me i don't ever even talk about me being a head coach i talk because the greatest thing about my group is this we can do everything from coaching a fifth grade team all the way up nobody's got any egos about it i right. never think i think how you treat those people and how you make them feel about what they're doing and and get them involved with it but like you said also you got to build that trust with them too because you can't have any traders on your on your staff either man it is you know it's like how hard i coach girls i have to watch out that you know if i'm getting on a kid or something like that and they say you know if i got somebody on my staffs coming by babying them and all this and oh he shouldn't do this he shouldn't do that right they're, under, they're undermining what you're trying to do. Right. So you got to have people come by and pick them up, but they got to do it in the right way. So yep. like you said, getting the right people on board and trust them is so huge, man. That's a, that's a big point. It is a big point. All right, let's do a, let's do a rapid fire. This is one of my favorite parts. I'm going to give you a question. You get one answer to the question. Um, what is your, what is your favorite type of basketball? Like Spalding, Bowden, Rock, whatever. What's your favorite basketball? They start with the Wilson. Okay. Um, one word to describe your ideal player. Committed. If you could go to one sporting event in the entire world, what would it be and why? College football championship. Cause those You're cats still play. They, 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 they have passionate about it. Oh yeah. Money's not there. Um, your favorite pregame meal. Any food. <laughs> <laughs> I think Brendan Sir said something like that too. Um, one thing you do to relax. Oh gosh, I need help with that one. Um, uh, I, I got where I like to go out on a boat. I like to go out on a lake. Okay. Yeah, I used to fit. I tell people I used to fish in, in golf before I coached. That was my other life. Um, <laughs> best pass, best basketball player you have seen in person. Gosh. I, I'm drawing a blank. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I, I know, I'm, right. I'm just going back to pass. college and everything else. I'm, I'm drawing, I don't play a lot of professional games and all that. Okay. Pass. All sorry right. Best, best player pass. of all, best player of all time. Michael Jordan. Okay, he's winning right now, I'm telling you. Um, one thing that helped you become a better coach? Having kids. 
Yep. Best game you've seen in person. State championship game between East Hall and Towers many, many years ago. Boys high school. Okay. Why was it great? Back and forth action, man. Kids playing their hearts out and just leaving it all on the line. Okay. Yeah, I, I won a state championship in a triple overtime. It's yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what that's what it's all about right there. That's what it's all about, right, there, bro. It is. Um uh one word to describe your coaching style. Intense. I'd say intense by your our our <laughs> discussion. Truthful. 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 Ooh, I like that. Okay, truthful. No one said truthful. Um, uh, ask, ask me about that later on. Okay. Uh top bench player of all time. Great question. Bobby Jones. Ooh, I like Bobby Jones. 76ers. Oh, God, we're aging ourselves. Yep. All right. Uh, best basketball coach of all time. I'd say Wooden. Okay, best basketball I'd coach. Right, best basketball coach right now. I'd say Popovich. Yeah, it's either him or Stevens. I'm a big Stevens guy. I just – there's no way the Celtics should have won this year. <laughs> I, you know what? And I hate to say that because I, I really, if I'd have put more time into it, I'd said Brad Stevens too because I, I don't know. If, I, I everything. I don't know the guy. I've listened to him in in some clinics, but one of my really good friends, Amanda Butler, is the head coach at Clemson. Okay. And if you kept up anything with her, she she was the head coach at Florida, okay. and got fired down there. Spent a year out there with the pros and everything else, and she went up and spent a whole like three months with, with Stevens and Boston Celtics staffs. And, man, she has nothing but unbelievable stuff to say about the guys. And she, you know, it's like he was – she told me a story the other day that he was – uh they were in the playoffs and she had just got the job at, at Clemson. And uh, she gets a phone call from him and he's apologizing to her because he didn't call and tell her that, you know, congratulations and everything. And she's like, golly, coach, said, you're in the playoffs. You shouldn't worry about my job. But, uh, you know, somebody does something like that. That that, that right there is, you yeah. know, that's unbelievable. He's on my bucket list. He's literally, I want to get him. I, I just, I'd want to sit and talk to him for an hour. That's like, he's on my list of the coaches I want to talk to. Cause I just think he's, I just think he gets it. You know, I think that Pavovich is, I mean, those are great. I think Pavovich is near the end of his career. I know he had some tragedy with his wife dying and I think he's near the end. I think Stevens is just at the beginning of, an unbelievable I mean you look what he did at the college level I just I don't know I just think I, uh, yeah I, I think you're absolutely right I think he's gonna set a higher standard than, than what's been seen for a long time in the I NBA tell you who else, yeah. yeah in the NBA I tell you who else a lot of times I don't think gets as much credit as is due was uh what was the coach with the Pistons uh that was so good that passed away um Daly yeah Chuck. I thought yeah. they said they said Chuck Daly. You know, I, I did some reading on him and everything else, but you know, I've, I've heard some things about him too. So, and but Jay I think Wright, Brad Stevens. He writes on my list too. I think what he's done at Villanova, he's basically made Vill. I mean, he's basically made them like Duke in North Carolina. <laughs> I do too. And then with with just solid players, we're not all. I mean, he's don't get me wrong; those guys get players. Right. They don't get the All Americans, and and I think that he's being smart by doing that. I really right. do. But you're right. right; he's done a great job. There's a there's a clip I put on my I, I showed my kids, and then I put it on YouTube where they were up 17 with in the in the finals this year, up 17 
up 17 with seven minutes to go in the finals and one of the guys falls down and all four of them run over to pick him up and right walks over to pick him up. I mean, that's what a team does. Mean, yeah. That's what saw I that want. clip for. That's special right there. That's, that's special. That, that, that's, and, but that doesn't just happen. That's what, that's what the young coaches need to understand. That just doesn't – those guys aren't just running over because they, they've been – they know that that's their guy. They're, they're doing it like – they've been taught that. They, that. That's part of their culture. Um, anyway, Absolutely. all right, one, one book you would recommend. Oh, I'm not a reader. I hate to say that, man. I'm, I was just I, – I wish I was a better reader. I'm so hyperactive and everything else I get – the reading next thing you know i look around and say what did i just read so uh, that's just not a, uh, something that i do a lot i wish i did more it's been one of my okay. lifelong goals and i've never accomplished it <laughs> yeah and i'm going to i'm going to give you a hint coach you and i are very similar i have a little adhd going on too the best thing is audible you you find the book and you listen to it while you're doing something else like i listen to books while i'm walking my dog or i'm exercising or things like that and that way I'm killing kind of two birds with one stone. I'm, I'm learning things, but I'm also, it's a great way to do it. It's, it's like podcasts, but it's their books. It's audible and it's all, and you can listen to it. But so that'd be my recommendation to you. Uh, uh, one thing you tell a young coach, you kind of did that before, but what would be one thing? If you could only say one thing to a young coach. I think you got to be hard nosed and tough skin now. Yeah, I agree. So go back to the truthful thing. Why did you say truthful on your, on that one question? Because I tell you, I always talk, and I talk about this at clinics and a little bit of everything else too. I, I really feel like that we need people of truth in our life because so many people now tell us what we want to hear instead of what we need to hear. <laughs> and I think that it, it, people would, even our, you know, when I look at my wife or I look at the people I'm really close with, you know, sometimes they don't tell me what I need to hear. Like right. I, I was telling you about a young lady on my staff. Uh, she's an unbelievable woman, an unbelievable person. And I promise you, if I go to her, she's going to tell me the truth. She don't care whether she hurts my feelings or not. Right. She ain't anything about it. She's going to tell me what I need to hear. She's right. done it throughout coaching with her. And I think you've got to have people of truth that surround you that you, you that just got to tell you stuff that you need to hear. So I tell my players all the time that I'm going to be that person of truth. You may not like it. Uh, you may not agree with it. But you know what? I'm gonna, At least I have. Did I lose you, Coach? I'm sorry, you there? Yeah, I lost you there for a second. Finish that, Coach. Finish that thought. I just, I was just saying uh, that about the woman with me, but yeah. I always talk to my my players all the time and tell them, that, you know, I'm going to be that true person with them. And they might not like what I have to, to say to them, but at least I care enough about them to tell them the truth and, and how I feel. And, and, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you because so many things in this world sugarcoat it for you. And, and the, life's not easy. And no. life is a, a grind within itself. And somebody's got to be there to tell you, tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Right. And I, and I do this with my players all the time. We, 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 we refer to it as truth or harmony. Do you want the truth or do you want harmony? And, and I go, and, then, and they'll say, Oh, I want the truth coach. And then I said, okay, here's the truth. You're not, you're not boxing out and here's what you're not doing. Right. If the, you know, they'll, they'll go, well, why are we winning? You want truth or harmony? Well, truth is we're not doing a, B and C harmony would be, Oh, you're the best team in the world. Don't worry about it. We'll win the next one. You know, we, we talk about truth and harmony all the time. 
you, you know, and I think it's so important to have that truth with your players. Listen, you know what? Here's another thing. You're talking about younger coaches. It's like right now. See, when you said that statement, truth and harmony, you can bet I'm putting that in my mind right now. and I'll go back and use that as soon as I can. See, what what I think one thing, too, you're talking about with younger ones, one thing's helped me through my career, and I can tell by talking to you, it's always helped you, too, is we're older coaches, but we're right. always trying to sharpen our skills and learn from other people. See, the great thing about this podcast is this, I don't know you, right. but right now I got total respect for you because of just what I've heard from you and what I'm learning from you. Right. And see, I think so many people now think they've got it all solved. They yeah. think they, 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 they have it all and have it. And once you quit growing, you're done. You're done. You're done. I mean, that, done. Yeah, that's what people don't realize. Yep. And some people just don't want growth in their life. They nope. don't want truth in their life. They don't want growth. And so this podcast has been great for me because I've enjoyed hearing some things from you and broadening my growth and broadening my horizon. Yeah, me too, Coach. That's awesome. And that's what I tell, I tell my son and my daughter who live in my house. I tell them, this is what life's about. Find those. I mean, I'm sitting here because obviously I've had good players. I've had good coaches. But I've had great mentors too. I've had other people that have helped me along the way. And that's what I don't think people realize is for young coaches is find some people that will help you along this journey because they will help you if a, if a coach emails me I respond trust me if they have a question or anything because of this podcast and my YouTube channel all that stuff I get emails all the time I always respond to them because that's that's part of me giving back to the to the game that's given me so much you know I feel like that's part of my community services I want to be able to help coaches um, you know and that's you know that's one of the reasons I'm coming down to the clinic I'm bringing my wife and we're coming down to the clinic because it's great. I want to hear other coaches. I want to, you know, that's, that's part of the growth part of this game. I think, I think you're right, coach. Um, oh, it's, you're, you're absolutely right with that too. And I wish more people understood that. Like I said, it's just, a, it's kind of a lost art. It nowadays. is really, well, I really look forward to seeing you and, and I'm going to put in the people that are listening to this. I'm going to put in the show notes and stuff for the clinic. Um, I think you're starting us off early morning too, coach. I think you're like the first person. <laughs> Yeah, they they bring me in to try to wake everybody up. I think, like I said, they come in and blast everything in there, and so. But I tell you what, Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure. Now, you know, what's got me fired up is I can't wait to meet you. It will be and, great. Uh, well, 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 I, I'm I'm so excited. I'm gonna try to get as many of the coaches I can, and it will make it will make lunch, and we can all get together. And 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 you know, I told Kevin, I said we could do like a round table at the end too, if people aren't too tired. I mean, I would love to sit down with all the coaches and just sit and talk. Um, because that's the fun part of this thing. I think, uh, you know, bouncing, I call them, I refer to them as golden nuggets. You know, when I go in clinics or I go listen to coaches, I'm always looking for those little golden nuggets that I can take Absolutely. my team. Um, you know, so yes, I look forward to it coach. So, um, I will see you in a, in a, in a couple months for sure. Listen, it's been an honor and a pleasure to be here to talk with you and meet you and everything else. And like I said, I look forward to, uh, to uh, meeting you down there. And if there's anything I can ever do, please let me know. And uh, like I said, it's just, it's been a blessing and honor to be on, on this podcast. Oh, it's been my, it's been my pleasure. Have a, have a great weekend coach. I hope it's not too hot down there. It's like 90 in Wisconsin hey, today. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty hot. One thing we got to do with Kevin though, I tell everybody that, that calls and asks me, he's doing his legends clinic. I told him, I said, the only thing about being a legend, that means you're very, very old. So I need, we need to get a new title or something. Yeah, I don't know. We need to change the name. We'll get the, oh, yes, you're right. They call them the old, far, the old guys. So yes. All right, coach. Talk to you soon.
Take care. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. A um, couple of things. Make sure you, again, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. We would really appreciate you taking 30 seconds now that the podcast is over. Go down and subscribe and like. Leave a review, um, preferably a five-star one. Uh, on iTunes is the best for us. Uh, you know, we would, sure, we would sure like that. And um, let us know what you're thinking. Um, you know, to let us know over, email me at steve at teachhoops.com, and I will respond to you. Um, and I'm hoping I see you at the clinic in, in September. Uh, talk soon. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.